Chapter 28. A Bad Good Day. Pickett arrived on the village green after half an hour with Maggie Weaver. He was still thinking about what she had said to him, the very few words she had said. But he must move on. He had to be prepared for what Helmer might throw at him. And he realized that Helmer might actually throw things at him. Pickett wasn't exactly sure why he had asked Helmer to train him. He just knew, immediately knew, and he saw the insane fight with the swinging wooden birds, that this was his rabbit. Pickett wanted nothing more than to be the best warrior he could be, so that he would be ready the next time he met up with Red-Eye Garlickson, or anyone who was on the wicked wolf's side. Today he got a reluctant key from Hayward, as he passed the neat hedgerows. Pickett noticed with some relief that Hayward was a lot less chatty when Helmer loomed. He took in a deep breath and tried to focus. Helmer lay beneath the tree wearing his usual black pants and matching shirt, but today he wore a gray jacket with the same red diamond symbol on the breast. It was unsettling walking up to such an unpredictable rabbit Pickett wasn't sure if he would jump up and attack him or start snoring. As he neared the tree, Pickett thought of attacking the black rabbit himself in a mad flurry. Somehow he thought this might actually impress Helmer. At the last moment, he decided against it. He might be killed doing such a thing. Good morning, ladybug, Helmer said, his voice a guttural rasp, as though the air he used to speak that the air he used to speak was passing through a rusty old gate. Good morning, wasp, Pickett said. Nah, Helmer chuckled. I like that. But you will call me Master Child. Yes, Master Child, Pickett said. Well, obviously you have a deep soul-level need for humility. Helmer said, levering up onto his elbow. You will receive that momentarily. And if you are as courageous on the battlefield as you are full of, well, bristling insanity here, you might do some serious damage before our certain and inevitable defeat. Certain defeat, Pickett asked. Bristling what? Lesson one, Helmer shouted, as he kicked his legs up and landed hard on the ground, upright and at the ready. Are you listening, Ladybug? because your apprenticeship starts now. Yes, Master Helmer, Pickett said, taking a few steps back. How many weapons do I have? Helmer asked. Pickett took a quick inventory, though he thought Helmer might be concealing some. Two, your knife and the sword, Pickett said. Helmer responded with an immediate attack. He hit Pickett, kicked him, took off his jacket, and struck him with it over and over, and then threw rocks at him. Pickett scrambled around trying to dodge rocks, block blows, and escape the whirlwind of whipping coat. After a few minutes, Pickett was sucking air and begging for mercy. Helmer hadn't done him any serious harm, but he had made just enough contact in his blows to make Pickett feel them, and Pickett did. Wheezing, he clutched at various hurts all around. Suddenly, his sore foot didn't seem so bad. 
In fact, he had gotten around on it okay in his mad dash to escape the onslaught. This wasp stings, yes? Helmer asked. Yes, Master Helmer. Will you have a sword with you every time you are in a fight, Ladybug? No, Master Helmer. Lesson number one, Helmer said, kicking a spray of loose dirt into Pickett's face, causing the young rabbit to fall over, digging at his eyes. I can't see. Lesson number one, Helmer said evenly. Everything is a weapon. Heather looked out over the mossy porch into the heavy fog that blocked out the whole world. She was frustrated, but felt like this was where she belonged. There on the porch, waiting to speak to Mrs. Weaver, she was unable to see far enough to satisfy her desire. She wanted to know what was beyond the fog, both on the mountain and in her heart. She wanted to know. She wanted to see the past, the future, even the present, with far more clarity than she had right now. After she had sprinted away from King Whitson's garden and the overheard rumors, the stray pieces of her family's painful secrets, she had run to her room. She had tried to think, tried to reason out answers to the riddles surrounding her. Giving up, she had run to hallway round and then to this porch, hoping to speak with Maggie Weaver, the sage of Cloud Mountain. But all she had done for an hour was wait wait and peer off into a cloud barrier that summed up all her frustrations. She glanced at the artists, painting their imaginary scenes of beauty, and wanted to spit at them. She didn't, but she felt like she might scream. Maybe then someone would pay attention to her and give her some answers. She sat on the mossy stone, leaning against the gray mountainside and wept quietly. She worried and wondered, and finally dozed off. Are you all right, dear? It was Maggie Weaver, bending over her and touching her face tenderly. You were calling for your father. Heather came awake, saw that she was still on the porch and that Mrs. Weaver's kindly face was before her. I'm sorry, she said, not really thinking. Don't be sorry, girl. Mrs. Weaver said. Just come along and let's talk a moment. Heather rubbed her eyes, still wet, and followed behind the hunching form of Mrs. Weaver. They sat down. I'm sorry, Heather said again. For what? I'm not sure, Heather said. I think she hesitated. I want answers, but I'm afraid of what those answers might be. This is from wisdom, child, Mrs. Weaver said. Growing up is terribly wonderful, but often it's also wonderfully terrible. Ha! A riddle of words amounting to nothing. A stuttering cleverism that falls as short as my feeble steps. But this is true. A teacher could become rich if he ever perfected the art of helping mature students unlearn many awful things. Enjoy your innocence, my dear, even if it only lasts a day. Pickett limped through hallway round, hurting in a dozen places. Hobbling through the door, he made his way past the bending, intent painters, up the stairs to the level 
where Mrs. Weaver always sat on the far side. His vision was still spotty from the dirt kicked in his eyes, and one eye was all swollen shut from a rock that had struck him dead on. He was near the steps when he realized that Mrs. Weaver was with someone. He turned quickly and tried to slink back and wait his turn, but he heard her say, Come along, Pickett. Pickett turned again, wincing at the pain, and made his way slowly up to where Heather, he now saw it was her, sat alongside the sewing sage. When Heather saw Pickett, her hurt turned to fury. What has that villain done to you? She shouted, springing up to her feet and sprinting to his side. It's outrageous. Heather, it's... Pickett began, but Heather was just warming up. I'll show him. He should know better than to do this. She crossed quickly to her brother and examined his swollen eye, and then the rest of him. Heather, listen to me. I can't believe the Lord Rake allowed this, Heather said. After all you've been through, Heather, seriously, if you will. Pickett tried, but Heather wasn't done. He'll get what's coming to him. If it's the last thing I do, I'll... Heather, Mrs. Weaver said with some authority. Yes, ma'am, Heather said, a little stunned by Mrs. Weaver's tone. Be quiet, she said firmly, but with a smile. And sit down, girl. Yes, ma'am, Heather said, a little puzzled and put out. She sat down, seething like cold potatoes in a hot pan. Picket, son, Mrs. Weaver said, turning slowly to him. How was your day? Pickett looked up at her through his swollen eye. He looked over at Heather and then back at Mrs. Weaver. He smiled wide. It was wonderful. Good, Mrs. Weaver said. I'm eager to hear all about it. Heather's jaw hung open. Heather, please be a good young lady and latch that trap of yours. I'm not a doctor and looking down your throat as nice as it is isn't on my list of things I prefer to do today. Heather shut her mouth. It was a perfect day, Pickett said, still grinning. Was that blood on his teeth? Good, my boy, Mrs. Weaver said. I thought it might be. Let it settle on you, Pickett, for the rest of today will be hard. Read the next chapter, read the next chapter, read the next chapter, read the next chapter. Chapter 29, Darkness in Light Hall. Every time Heather tried to speak, Mrs. Weaver gave her a discouraging look. While Pickett gushed about being pelted with stones, hit in the face and whipped with a jacket, and insulted with names like Ladybug, Mrs. Weaver just sat there nodding. It was fantastic, Pickett said for what felt to Heather like the 15th time. It sounds lovely, Mrs. Weaver said. I especially enjoyed the part where he kicked dirt in your eyes. <laughs> if only, Heather blurted out, he could have killed you. Then we'd throw a party. She was angry and tired of holding it in. Mrs. Weaver shook her head. Peck it, she said. Will, ex will you excuse us, my boy? Perhaps ask lovely Emma to take a look at your eye and your foot and, well, your, your everything. <laughs> she laughed, and Pickett did, too. You'll need to be ready for more of the same tomorrow. Heather's eyes bulged, but Mrs. Weaver gave her an authoritative gesture to be silent. Thank you, Mrs. Weaver, Pickett said, getting to his feet again. 
Thank you so much. He smiled apologetically at Heather and limped off. When he was gone, Mrs. Weaver smiled at Heather. You must let him be who he is, Heather. You must let him become what he will become. Like Helmer, she said, astonished. No, dear, she said. Like Pickett. When Heather finally made it down to dinner an hour later, she found Emma, Pickett, and Hayward all sitting down to eat. We waited for you, Pickett said, his mouth full. Thanks, she said, with a little smirk showing. You're here laughing up a storm with a gang of friends, smiling like you found lost treasure, and I'm stomping around getting lectures about correcting my attitude. She threw her hands up. Did someone throw the world in reverse today? Everyone laughed, including Pickett. Pickett laughed. This showed her that she had been wrong somehow and that Mrs. Weaver was right. Heather felt a spark in her heart as she saw a small glimmer of the old Pickett. Maybe even the new Pickett. Maggie Osage, she thought. How well she has earned that name. Heather went to get some soup, a delicious smelling mixture of parsley, potatoes, and broccoli. She was still angry at Helmer and mistrustful of his motives and tactics, but she had other things to worry about now, and she knew at least some answers would come in a few hours at the initiation. She sat down to eat with her friends, <laughs> thankful to have them. She laughed with them as Pickett told them about, his, about calling Helmer Master Child and Wasp, and all about his day of training. Emma had early apprenticeship tales of Dr. Zeiger's strange language and confusing orders. Hayward talked of a new method for calculating the straight edge and how it would only take him six months to build and how he'd saved half the coins to buy the supplies. Everyone laughed, and after a moment, Hayward joined them. Heather relaxed. For the moment, she almost forgot about her absent father's honor, her brother's crazy mentor her own crippling fear of doing what she felt inspired to do, the deadly, dangerous world, and all the horrible mysteries surrounding her like an evil army in the dark. Almost. Her smile was real, but a labyrinth lay behind it. It was dark. Heather and Pickett walked through King Whitson's garden and up to the front door of Light Hall. Pickett was still limping a little, garden was as lovely as nightfall, at nightfall as it was in the daylight. The moonlight added a glow to everything, making a garden all blues and blacks with a silver glint. <clears throat> Heather was heavy-hearted while Pickett was smiling. She hadn't felt like she should burden Pickett with what she had overheard earlier, especially on a day when, she, when he was happy. The only day he had been at all happy since their adventure began. Heather knocked. After a few moments, Lord Rake opened the door and beckoned the two to come in. They came through a dim, narrow hallway that ended in light. Heather walked in, head down, behind Pickett. She bumped into her brother. Pickett, she said annoyed, looking up at him. As she raised her head, she saw what caused him to stop. The room was lovely both serious and arresting. It was round, wood-walled, but set off by stunning multicolored glass scenes of incredible height. 
Heather gaped, walked forward, and slowly spun around, trying to take it all in. She imagined it must be all breathtaking bursts of light in the daytime. Here in the moonlight, the scenes were duller, more subdued, but still peaceful. She walked around silently, reverently. Here was a place for contemplation, for humility. She read a thousand calls to all in that room before she knew anything about why it had existed. She gazed at the high ceiling, the carefully carved wooden walls, and the bright, gigantic windows of colored glass. She walked to the middle of the room where Lord Rake stood alongside Uncle Wilfred. She spun again, slowly, and tried to take it all in. The colored windows were pictures, clear and fine. There were scenes of war, of armies colliding, of single combat. There were characters, most notably, a tall brown rabbit with a crown glittering in the sunlight and a burnished blade in his hands. Heather noticed that these windows were tales and each told the story of some event. There were eight on display. A huge cloth covered two others, glazers' supplies neatly stacked on the floor beneath the tenth. Was it incomplete? Heather was already thinking of it as the room of ten tales, ten windows. But each window had several scenes, so each was a complex story. It's King Jupiter, isn't it? she asked, pointing to a window made up mostly of red. It featured a beaten wolf and the heroic rabbit descending on him with his death-dealing sword as the red sun set behind him. Yes, Uncle Wilfred said, his voice a little hoarse. It's the king. Garlax, Pickett asked, as they looked at the wolf. Uncle Wilfred nodded. I understand you came across his son, Red Eye, Lord Rake said. They nodded. He is a deadly ally of Morbid Blackhawk. That must have been frightening. It was, Heather said, glancing around at the many windows all around the room. She caught Pickett's eye, and he looked down. The old gloom was settling over him again. Is that all it takes, she thought. One mention of that awful day by seven mounds in Nicola, and he's back to brooding. The several scenes included in the eight visible windows. Each featured a central image in the round with related images above and below. The shape of each mural was the same. Tall rectangles with a bulging circle in the center, bursting past the rectangle's confines. King Jupiter's triumph over Garlax made the final scene. It was featured in the center, large and plain, the two combatants and a red sunset. But the images above and below were of other heroic rabbits, of other allies, of fights with wolves, and one of what looked like rabbits signing a document at a table. Heather, with a shock, noticed a gray rabbit at the table beside the king. Who is the gray rabbit? She asked, trembling. That's part of what you're here to learn, my dear, Lord Rake said. 
Uncle Wilfred tried to smile, but he looked down. She looked from window to window, noticing the gray rabbit in many scenes. The eighth window's central image featured the gray rabbit with the king side by side, looking out over the vast land. At their feet were broken swords and spears, shattered bows and cast-off shields. Before them were plowed fields, children at play, works of art, and rabbits working. It's a vision of peace, Lord Rake said, smiling regretfully at the image. It's one we've tried to recapture here in this community. It's a lie, Uncle Wilfred said sadly. Lord Rake said nothing, but only hung his head. What happened? Heather said, unable to keep the questions inside any longer. Please, just tell us what happened. Uncle Wilfred looked up at the image of the gray rabbit with King Jupiter, shook his head sadly, and then turned to face Heather and Pickett. Our family betrayed. Read the next chapter, 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 read the next chapter.